Welcome back to the Mikey Z TV podcast. I'm Mikey Z. Today I'm speaking with Nate Walker, owner of Lost Dutchman Leather and creator of handcrafted leather goods. We discuss entrepreneurship and being dedicated to his craft, a hobby that turned into his full-time career. It's a great episode and I think you'll enjoy it. Before we get into that conversation, if you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Anchor and Spotify, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. Let me know what questions you have for me and what questions you'd like me to ask my guests. Doing this helps spread the word about the podcast and helps me keep putting out new episodes every week. For show notes and any additional links mentioned in episodes, visit MikeyZ.com for more information. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Nate Walker. This is episode two of the Mikey Z TV podcast. Enjoy. just jump right into it my friend welcome thank, thank you, you for coming on the the podcast man you're yeah. one of my first episodes so this is super exciting yeah i really appreciate it man i had been actually wanting to be on a podcast for a while for whatever reason it's dude it's it's a lot of fun yeah it's i listen to podcasts basically all day in the shop right so i've been like man i really want i almost actually before you reached out i almost posted on instagram was like does anybody have a podcast I can be on? Right. Because I just wanted to... In serendipitous, here I am. And there you are. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's how the world works lately, in my <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Which is, which is cool by me. For sure. Um, so, Nate Walker of Lost Dutchman Leather out of Mesa, Arizona. Mm-hmm. You're 22 years old? Yes, sir. 22, yep. started doing leather when you were 13, if I read correctly. Yeah, yep. What got you into that? Um, so, my first exposure to leather craft was... Uh, me and my family went to a big craft fair, uh, like a trade type market type thing. Gotcha. And there was an older guy there that was doing leather work. He did a lot of like uh, purses and dog collars and just stuff like that. Um, and I'd kind of been looking for a hobby, something to do, you know, because right. my brother and my dad both did woodwork, uh, kind of just right. as a hobby. And I'd been like, well, I don't want to just do the same thing as them. I want to do something a little different, but I needed something to do. Right. Uh, so I saw that and that kind of sparked my interest. And then from there, I saved up and I bought a starter kit uh, from a Tandy Leather, which is a leather chain. Right. There's right. a lot of locations. but um, So I bought a kit and uh, just kind of took off from there. Yeah. Yeah. I did it as a hobby um, through my teen years. I didn't sell a lot. I sold more just to friends and family, uh, but I didn't have an online website or uh, any sort of um, platform online at all. So it was just through like friends and family, people I knew. And then I launched the Etsy store. Uh, let's see, I was probably, must have been 17 when I launched the Etsy store. And then it just kind of took off. Took from off there. from there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, I think uh, I did a little bit of probing on your website. You're on Shopify now. Yes. Do you like yep. that platform better than what Etsy was providing you? Yeah. Yeah, Etsy was great in the beginning because you can set up your shop in literally five minutes. As long as you have pictures right. done, you go on there, you put your pictures, write a description, and boom, you're open for right. business. Right. And they do drive a lot of traffic to your store uh, that would be hard to find if right. you were just putting yourself out there with no idea of marketing or anything. Sure. Um, so, and it's a good 
niche, you know, when people are on there, they're looking for something that's handmade. Right. So it's, it's good in that respect. The problem I found was that it eventually got just oversaturated. Sure. Um, they were just, shops were popping up so quick. And I think a lot of them were kind of mass produced things just posing as handmade right. items, which right. kind of sucks. So uh, it started, I see, I saw Etsy start to kind of die down. And then once I saw that happen, or even just a kind of a lack of growth, when I saw that happen, I thought, well, I need to, you know, branch out on my own anyways. Everyone needs a website, I think. So um, I think I launched the website, must have been four years ago now. So okay. I, I sold on Etsy for a solid year and a half or two years, um, or at least a year. Just on Etsy. Yeah. Before I got my own independent website. Well, I, I have a web development background. So, okay. and that's definitely one of the things like I completely agree. If you're a, if you're a self-starting business or an entrepreneur of any kind, even if you're a branding of yourself, just to even make yourself like a, let's call it a social influencer of any sort, right? Sure, yeah. Having that one place, not using just like your Instagram or your Facebook as something as that platform to yeah. host that stuff on, right? If you can make it much more custom and much more of an intimate setting, sure. yeah. you can control everything that's there, the look, the feel, the vibe, everything there. And then when it comes down to like what you're marketing, what products you're putting out there, you can decide how you want to view them, what the cart looks like, what yeah, the, yeah. all the different page settings look like. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit more of a push towards being an entrepreneur. So, right. I mean, it sounds like naturally you kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit with, I did, you yeah. know, kind of pushing through getting Etsy started up to begin with. That's probably, it was a huge jump for you when you started that. Right. Yeah. But to move into the website, what kind of, it, it was your family kind of involved in businesses before? Or did you get kind of like your entrepreneur mindset behind pushing the business? Um, golly, I don't really know, dude. I've kind of always had it. Um, I remember... When I was like 12, I would uh, try to just sell stuff to friends, like not not even stuff I made, just random stuff. I would try to like flip and sell to sure, friends for more. Sure, sure. Um, when the, you remember those uh, canvas belts that were pretty popular yeah. for a while, yeah, yeah, at least yeah. among junior high sure. guys of when, course, I, when I was of course. that age? I uh, bought a bunch from this super cheap thrift store and I flipped them all for like double the price to all my friends. <laughs> I remember doing that when I was like 12. So that kind of entrepreneurial spirit's kind of always been in me. You've I guess. got the hustle, that's for yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, as far as looking at you know your current lineup of wallets that you're carrying, and tell me how many how many models essentially do you have? Well, I should have. And what's this your up. most popular? Um, so I know my most popular every the month. Finnegan, right? It is the Finnegan. I, yeah. I was seeing a bunch, and and that's actually going to lead me to my next question. But tell me more okay, about your yeah. lineup. So I have the. I kind of split my products into two kind of separate groups. I have a very, I have a group of products that's pretty traditional. They're uh, kind of standard construction, which I don't want, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but um, they're pretty basic. I'm not doing anything. I'm not in reinventing the wheel with those ones. Those are just kind of there for people who are, if you're switching from a normal bifold, but you don't want to go with some new design, just those are there for you. Right. But then I have a line of products that it started with the Finnegan, which is uh, just a pocket um, one pocket card holder that has the flap that tucks in and then, uh, which is a different style of construction because on the side and I'm going to get a little technical. That's here, fine. On this, typically when you're making something leather, you do one piece of leather, one piece of leather, glue it together, stitch right. right through. Right. So on the Finnegan, the side seams overlap like this and then get sewn this way and they don't get glued. Um, so that, what that does is basically kind of makes it more of a box, which holds a lot more cards, sure. but it keeps that seam 
Uh, you don't have to give that quarter inch or whatever uh, allowance for the seam. Sure. So it makes it a lot thinner. Um, it holds a lot more. So when I came up with the Finnegan, um, I saw that became popular, the most popular wallet right away. Yeah. And then from there, I kind of developed a line of products that are very similar to that. Uh, I have the Big Fin, which has a pocket divider on the inside and is a little bigger. Uh, the Thin Fin, which eliminates the the uh, strap on the front and it just tucks into itself. And then the Cash Fin, which holds a lot more cash than the other models. Uh, but I kind of based the whole lineup of products based on that that one, the original Finnegan design. And those are the most popular wallets month in, month out. Well, they're really cool, dude. And the leather, leather, like actual leather products that you're using. I saw something, they're sourced from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep. Yes. There's a, there's a tannery called Wicket and Craig in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was founded in like 1870 something. It's a, it's been, you know, there for a while. It's a uh, family owned, everything's done in the U S. So, uh, that's, that's my tannery of choice. That's what my, all my standard leather options are. Uh, but then I'll do every once in a while, I'll bring in a, a different leather um, and do like a special run or like a limited drop, that type of thing. Um, but Wicket and Craig is where I get the the normal standard leather options. This uh, kind of piggybacking on the little leeway we had there before. But yeah. when you really launched this stuff, was it kind of a trip to start seeing like people purchasing the product to begin with? Yeah. And then on top of that influencers and youtubers starting to do reviews that and one, like yeah. the edc carry and all that kind of stuff yeah like how did that feel when those started popping that, for you the youtube reviews i think are the coolest thing because i mean well so starting the etsy shop having your first sale is like unbelievable like somebody sure. just got online and just bought something that i made that's yeah. unbelievable yeah and then when they start kind of piling up you start getting a sale every day you're like this right. is on is this ever going to stop and then you know it kind of every time it goes up though i my mind still gets blown like even right now i'm like how what is what is my life you know yeah. i can't believe right. i get to do this um but the youtube reviews specifically it, it was cuz you don't really know until you just get on youtube or like google your own name, which I do, you know, I Google right. my own, I just Google lost touch with leather just to see the reviews and content that are out there. And I can't think of the first YouTube review I saw, but now I go to go and Google my name, the business name on YouTube and just see oh, almost a whole page of reviews. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, that's, I was looking up a bunch last night and you know, it, they're rave reviews. Everybody's ecstatic. You yeah. know, you're talking not only stateside, but international for your product. So you've mm -hmm. got people from Berlin and yeah, Switzerland yeah. and wherever else I saw doing reviews on your product. And that's, that's rad, dude. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. It's wild. Man. It's, it's a pretty nuts thing when you, when you, especially when it's something handmade. So, you know, I'm a web developer, but I've been a musician and then I've always done graphic arts for like t-shirt companies. Okay. Right. Yeah. So same, same aspect, whether it's been a song that people are listening to, whether it be something that I printed that they're wearing and right. I see it, uh, that's a crazy feeling crazy. for me. Yeah. And yeah. like, I can't even imagine for you. It's like, this is something that it's that tangible product, man. It's like, it's handmade yeah. by you. Every person in the world that has one has a connection to you in that way. Yeah. That's another big thing is when I start, when I started shipping orders internationally and I'm getting orders from Singapore, South Africa, right. Russia, just everywhere. And it was just uh, crazy to think that right now there's like thousands, literally thousands of pieces of my work outside the U.S. Right. That people are carrying and enjoying. It's, it blows me away. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that, that kind of leads me into this one too. So, you know, you were a young man when you started this as a business, granted it started as a complete hobby that, I mean, I'm sure you maybe thought it could be something, but maybe you were just kind of starting it for fun. Yeah. But when you think about it now, and let's let's say to a younger population coming up that shows interest in leather goods or craftsmen of any kind, yeah. right? What's your what's your advice? What would you tell someone? What would you tell your thirteen year old self, knowing that you are where you are now? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, if I could tell my my thirteen year old self anything, it would have been to to focus more on it. I did it on and off throughout. Which, I mean, every teenager kind of goes through phases. So I would do it for a couple months and kind of just find something else. But I'd always come back to leather work. Uh, but I, I wish I would have just focused on it more. I could have started earlier. Uh, you know, everybody, I'm sure, says that. But, um, yeah, I, I think if I had focused on it more, taken a little bit more seriously. But, I mean, the path that I took led me to where I'm at. So I can't, you know, right. I don't know. I don't know what I would have right. changed if I had done anything different. Uh, but for people starting out, there's kind of this perception, I think, that if you're in art or craft, that you can't make money with it. That it's either pursue your passion and be poor right. or, you know, sell out and get a corporate gig. And then, you know, that's the only way to make But you can combine those things. You can right. do what you love and do and be in the arts and crafts and make a living. Right. And I, I, I don't think people know that enough or maybe it's just not taught how to do that. Uh, but it's possible. I've done it. Yeah. And if you're interested in doing something like that, get the best you can at it yeah. and just put your stuff out there. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy. Like for me, I mean, you're looking around my office right now and this has been a good eh, three, four years of driving in the whole web development, yeah. graphic design, video side of things. Right. And doing like interviews for very corporate stuff so that that's a lot of the video background that I've had in the sure, past yeah. is very very corporate where it's it's all, all very cookie cutter yeah like insert title here right, very right. very basic no real room for creativity mm-hmm. right having all of this stuff at my disposal I'm like what am I doing you know I've got my office is set up exactly like this daily I yeah, check my yeah. email on the computer behind me. So it's literally like I come in here every day and I'm completely pumped to try and make stuff. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of it too, is surround yourself with the people and the things that are going to inspire you to push that forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for some people to find something to begin with. Yeah. That's true. But once you find it, hold on and, and, you know, invest yourself into it. Right. And another thing I think would be just be patient. Um, it might not like it might not be the smartest thing to jump all in right away. You might right. have to have a, a period of your life where you're splitting your time between pursuing your passion and then doing the thing that'll pay the bills right now. Right. But the goal is to transition to where this gets big enough to where you can drop this, and that's still going to be a jump. Right. But, you know, if you if you pull the boat as close up to the to the dock as you can, right. When you make that jump, the right. better off you are for sure. So you would just, I mean, it's okay to be in a season that you know that sucks. Right. If you know it's just for a season. Right. And you're going to move on eventually. But, you know, you got to be patient. It is patient. Yeah. It's patient and it's and it's embracing discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a very crude way I say it. But if you're not living with a puckered butthole, you're not doing it right. That's right. Which is just a That's funny right. way to say it. Yeah. But it really is. Yeah, like I mean, when living, you're not, living your passion is is scary. It's, it's very scary. scary. It's, you know, 
that's why people get the normal jobs and the right. normal, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. You have, there's a lot of stability there. Right. Uh, but if you want to really go after your passion, it's going to be, it's going to be scary. So let me ask you that. So this is your full-time gig now. Yeah. This is your living, yep. which is awesome, dude. Yeah. Congratulations on being able to make that full investment Thank and you, be yeah. in that full-time. Uh, prior to being able to make that push, did you have any part-time, full-time jobs prior to that that I helped did, you yeah. move into that? What yeah. were those? Uh, so I worked with a guy, um, a friend of the family, and a guy that goes to our church that uh, did home renovations. Uh, he was a contractor, so he did, we did mostly home renovations, some other stuff. Uh, so I worked with him um, close to full-time, and then on kind of weekends I would do leather work. Um, but he was, su- I mean, as a, as a friend, he was, a, you know, he knew that I was trying to pursue this, so he would kind of always check in on what type of time I needed if I needed more, you know, a couple of days off to, to pursue the leather thing. And then uh, eventually we just kind of transitioned out of that. And that's when I went full time. But yeah, I mean, I was working. I was I was working a lot in that yeah. period where I was doing. I mean, construction type work is pretty tiring. Absolutely. So I was doing that all day. And then sometimes I would do try to bang out a couple orders at night. Or just take the weekend and yep. do that. But yep. I mean, it's it was tiring, but it was what it was what had to be done in that time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, it's cool though that you were still somewhat at least working with your hands. Yeah. In my opinion, that's 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 usually the big drawback for a lot of people that have like some sort of passion, right? Yeah. For me, you know, unless I create the position for myself with a company, yeah, it's a lot of usual fluff. It's the extras that nobody really thinks about. Yeah, right. Yeah. And everything that I'm good at is an expensive extra. Right. Right. For right. most companies. Right. Yeah. So when you think about it from that perspective, if you're not making your opportunities to change it, you're not going to find it, you know, sure, and yeah. that's, that's the thing. So with, with what you're doing, I mean, I did a lot of like telesales call centers, yeah. like all the, you know, the stuff where you just really knock your head against a wall every day, sure. get in your car, do the hour and a half commute one way. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you enjoy listening to a podcast or maybe you enjoy listening to music on that drive to help you kind of like prepare for yeah, the mental yeah. day ahead of you. But I mean, that's a tough stride. Yeah. I mean, now being, uh, I'm a business owner, uh, such as yourself, more on the, uh, on the actual business setup side. So yeah. me and a business partner, he's more back end, And then I do a lot of the, the marketing element to everything. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I worked in bars for a very long time as a bartender in the craft world. And yeah, I will tell you that the networking and the talking to people now, instead of doing it behind the bar, I use the social platform. So like we connected, right. It was, right. I hit you up. I just shot you a DM, you know, and here not, we are. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what, what's the worst thing that happens, right? You say, right, Oh, right. I'm not interested. Thank you so much. Whatever. Yeah. But I've had more, more positive feedback and more people that want to be involved than any other outcome. So it's a really, really cool situation to be in right yeah. now. Cause yeah. I'm just following kind of a passion. I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. Mm-hmm. I found uh, a big differential differentiating thing between podcasts. So when I, when I think about a podcast that I'm actually going to listen to, it's either got to be slightly, you know, comedy forward, funny ish, whatever, or some sort of informative background of something. Right. So, or a little bit of a combination of both. Right. Right. So for me, this, this podcast is going to be focusing around 
really kind of talking to people really that have that entrepreneurial spirit that are in some sort of creative element Mm -hmm. or following some sort of passion as like a hobby or whatever else. Right. Yeah. So on my YouTube channel, I'm starting like a mini doc kind of small session, whatever. They're like 10 to 15 minute episodes that are based on somebody who, for example, the first one that I did um, is on a friend of mine called Raphael. His name is Raphael. Uh, He's a 911 dispatcher for the fire department. Okay. So that's his day job. Yeah. But every night on the weekends, any week he's got off or whatever, he's a total rat rod like Harley guy, okay. right? Like rides like his cool chopper everywhere oh, yeah. with his friends and, and, and even branching into that world, right? I've met more photographers and more video people that are into that world too. And their work is phenomenal, right? Yeah. So I've got, yeah. I've got two more guys coming off of that world. That'll be really interesting to talk to from a photography perspective. Um, I was looking up on your YouTube uh, first off, compliments on your thumbnails. Oh yeah, very nicely done. Do you do you shoot? I mean, I, I know you probably have a camera at home to be able to do you know product photography and whatnot yeah, like that. Yeah. When, did you always have kind of a camera just lying around, or was that something that you also showed interest in? I um, let's see. My brother was always into photography, um, so I knew a little bit about it just from him. Uh, I have another sister who's a who's a photographer, uh, so I knew a little bit about it, and then. Almost as soon as I opened the shop, I borrowed my brother's camera for the first round of products that I put on on Etsy. Uh, but after that, I realized that that's an essential thing. I mean, yep. we're talking about any content on Instagram, which now with the new iPhones, you could you could get away with the, using those. Easily. Yeah, you can for sure. But um, but at that Still time, not, I thought not. There's a noticeable difference between is. a yeah. good piece of glass and a phone. Still, for to sure. me, for sure. But, yeah. I mean, but you know. if you're just trying to do, you know, what you can, right. iPhones will do it. But, but I realized that it would be a, obviously an investment that paid off. So I bought a uh, Canon 80D, I think, 7070D. Nice. Something like that. Yep. Um, almost probably six months after I opened the Etsy shop. Yeah. Uh, so then I just played around with it, did some online classes and like free classes, whatever. And uh, just got good enough just to be able to shoot some content for Instagram and and uh, product pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I so, saw I think what five or six different like tutorial kind of videos as well on yeah, your YouTube yeah, yeah. channel for Lost Dutchman too. That's awesome. Yeah, I was getting into the YouTube. Uh, it's probably been a year since I even posted a video on there, but it was fun while it while it lasted. I just. When you're as busy as a any business owner is, you kind of have to always balance. What am I going to put? My time is very valuable. For sure. What am I going to put it towards? And for me right now, I just felt like the time was doing better work for me when I was putting it towards developing new products, um, just upping production in general, right. that type of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I do have I do have a couple YouTube videos up there. Yeah, scrolling yeah. scrolling through your FAQs on your website. Um, it sounded like for a while you were doing like custom orders regularly. Yeah. Which to your sake, I can imagine would have been a little bit of a hassle yeah. from time to time for sure. Based on, based on product availability in your shop, meaning, you know, the leathers that you're using, if it's a certain color or whatever. Right. Right. So it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to get that negative review because someone placed a custom order and then you don't have the colors that they want or sure, something. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you kind of limited that 
Yeah. You're going to more like ready to ship kind of stuff. So you've got your lineup and you're just creating certain genres or like a few limited edition drops every yeah. once in a while yeah. type of vibe. So what I have smarter for you. What for I sure. have is uh, I've made to order stuff. So almost all my stuff right now is made to order, uh, but I don't consider that custom. Uh, I mean, in a way it is, but I have uh, the, the five leather options that I always keep in stock and then the thread colors, but that's as custom as it gets. But those are the made to order items. And then uh, every like two months or so, um, I'm not as regular with it as I probably should be, but every couple months I drop a batch of ready to ship products. Um, and typically those will be in a kind of a special leather or some, there's something unique about them. Right. Um, but then custom stuff, when I say custom, I'm talking about fully custom because back when I started, uh, I would take any business I could get. Sure. So if a guy said it, I, if a guy DM'd me and was like, I want a wallet with two pockets on the left and then a horizontal pocket on the right, then on the front I want that. Like I would do, I'd be like, okay, what, yeah. you know, I'll do whatever I have to do. Right. Um, so it was kind of a liberating, which, you know, it's kind of fun to do that. Although I was undercharging drastically at the time. <laughs> For I mean, sure. I bet. I bet. Um, but you live and you learn from experiences yes, like that. Yes, you do. Yeah. So, but it was a kind of a liberating feeling when I could finally say no. Right. To some orders, to, to some requests. So now when people, I don't do any custom orders really right now, um, unless it's somebody I know or whatever. But Well, and to me, that makes complete sense because, you know, if you're, if you've got the kind of following and the kind of traction that you're getting right now yeah. to do, I could only imagine based on the traffic that you've got going, if you had custom orders available, oh yeah, you would just, well, be, even just what I would have to charge, right. Um, to make it worth my time. Right. Customers, I don't even think if I told them how much I would have to charge, I don't even think customers would. would I don't not. know, dude, from what it looks like, the reviews are pretty raving on you. Like people really like your work. Yeah. Yeah, they are. No, I'm blessed, dude. I got a lot of, a lot of good reviews. So it's pretty solid, man. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk coffee. Okay. You came with your black rock today. Did, I'm rocking I some, uh, I forget what blend it is. It's, it's a, uh, Puerto Rican, okay. uh, bean. I can't remember the name of the bag we got, but love, love coffee. Can't Same. start my day without it. Of course. Um, I think that's actually the day I reached out to you was the day you posted that picture of your foot in the shot of your shop, waking up with your cup of coffee. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And I just commented like, bro. I'm in the same situation because yeah. I was sitting in here with my cup of coffee, <laughs> looking at my Instagram, That's and I was awesome, just like, man. "Dude, this is this is a guy who probably could be on the on the podcast." Yeah, there you go. So it's one of those things I can't live without it. I can't even start my day. I joke that I'm I'm not good for the world without right, coffee right. in my no, system. You gotta so. have that that kickstart. Yeah, I'm a big coffee guy. Yeah, I'm a big coffee guy. I got into uh, kind of the craft coffee world probably four years ago. Um, pour over stuff like that, yep. AeroPress, all that. Um, it's just kind of been a side hobby. It's weird to call coffee a hobby, but it is though. Me, it is though. It, it is, totally yeah. is. I mean, especially how serious certain people take it, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like down to the gram. Right. Yeah, and some that's people, me, dude. That's, that's, me. that's crazy. That's like, <laughs> I, I'm not quite there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a drip coffee guy uh -huh. when I do make it. So we have a, a good grinder. So I always grind fresh. So it's at least like as yeah. fresh as possible. But yeah. that is, that is kind of my thing is like, I'll grind every day. We'll make at least a pot and I'll, I'll have at least two, three cups yeah. in the morning just yeah. to get going. But I mean, that's a part of my morning ritual. So that's one part of this that I always like to talk about with people is like with someone who is as driven as you are, you've got your own business, you've got, you know, quite a, quite a few ducks in a row, right? It's that 
I think people always admire people that say they're in the 5 a.m. club, but to me, that's not necessarily a realistic you right, know, time right. for a lot of people based on the evening. And if they like, you know, hanging out with friends, yeah, you can't expect to have a, a, a life with your it's homies not sustainable at, a lot and, and be going to bed at nine o'clock right. every night. Right. So it's not, it's not sustainable for the long term for yeah. our age demographic. Right. But with that kind of being said, you know, looking at what's your morning routine like? What do you, what do you do? You look very fit. I go to the gym every morning. I've been running four and a half miles a day Yeah, uh, for probably the last 10 days. Took a little break in between, Dang, but impressive, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to stay on that. And it's also in, in conjunction with just like eating cleaner and all that sort of thing, yeah. which, which is part of it. But yeah, how do you start your day? I mean, I know you got to at least have a cup, but what is, what does a day start for you? It's funny you brought up the, the waking up at 5 a.m. I was just talking to a friend about this because he was like, I really want to start because he, you know, he was saying he's, he misses his alarm a lot. He really wants to get dialed in, start waking up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm like, well, the most important thing about that is just the consistency. Right. Just wait, whatever time it is, just make right. that the time that you wake right. up. So I don't wake up. I wake up at 730. Yeah. I mean, which is, you know, not early by any stretch, but I, but I wake up at 730 every right. day and I don't, right. there's no going back to bed. And that was actually a struggle for me for a long time. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. I mornings suck for me. Yeah. Uh, so getting to the point where I just get up and that's that I'm up now. Right. That was a struggle. Um, part of that, I switched my mindset and I know this is kind of, you know, a rabbit trail, but I, uh, I switched my mindset from waking up to, um, and I only bring this up because other people might find this helpful. Um, rather than thinking about, I'm going to wake up at seven 30 and trying to like muster motivation every night or every morning, which does you, you know, try mustering motivation when you're laying in bed and the alarm's going off. It's right. not easy. No. Uh, so I switched my mindset from, I'm going to do this thing to I'm the guy that just wakes up at seven 30. Right. I'm the guy that just wakes up. Yeah. And when I switched my, my mindset to not like, Nate, you're going to get this, get right. up. And I just thought, no, I'm just the guy that gets up at seven 30. Yep. yep. And that completely changed it. Yep. I just, this is what I do. I, I completely agree. I, I, I say that about waking up and I say that about the gym in particular. Yeah. yeah. Just showing up. Yeah. You just literally just show up because yeah. the the rest falls in place. And then when you leave the gym, especially when you're kind of refer, referring to the gym, your day is much better. 100%. Your yeah. headspace is much cleaner. You're I find that I'm less irritated by things. I'm less irritable across the board, sure, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things that I know from, you know, facing clients, talking to people, having conversations throughout the day. I know that if it's not going well, it's on their side, not mine. Right, right. right. Like I know I'm, I'm in a place of like Zen with everything. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm, and I'm like, it, I think I just talked to a guy who's... um an older dude too. He was like late fifties, but he still does jujitsu every day. Yeah. Right. So just a badass. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I was talking to him and he's the same way. He's like, you dude, when I go to the gym, I'm road raging. Um, everybody get out of my way. I don't want anything to do with everything. And then yeah. when he leaves the gym, he's like, go ahead, bro. <laughs> Everybody just, it's all right. I'll yeah, go around yeah. you. You whatever. get out all that energy, man. It's, it's all that bad juju, man. Yeah. So it's like, it's showing up and making that effort and putting in that, that initial like thought behind it and yeah. being, yeah. being, being direct and, and positive about your decision behind right, it. And right. I think that that really does change everything. Yeah. 
I didn't mean to derail the question either. Uh, morning no, no. routine though. Yeah, so yeah, I do. I wake up. We didn't even get past the waking up. Yeah, I right. Woke, I wake up and then uh, I have a like a devotion time where I'm reading scripture and, and praying. Very cool. And then uh, I get the pour over, which like you said, it's so much. People always, when I do pour over and show up, people are always like, why, why do you take the time to do that? Is, is it even that much better? It is, number one. <laughs> but number two, it's just part of the routine. That's right. what, that's the, I would say that's 80% of it for me. It's just the routine of you're pouring the coffee, you know, or you're pouring the water, you're watching the coffee. It's just the part of my morning thing. It's my right. ritual. Um, so I, I make a cup of coffee and then uh, maybe- It's almost a form breakfast. of meditation for you at that point? A little bit, yeah. 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 Um, it's cause it's, it makes you slow down a little bit, I think. For sure. Um, so I brew up some coffee and then I'm, I'm answering emails probably by, you know, eight 30 or something. Then I'm probably to the shop by nine 15. And is then, your uh, shop close by to home? It is very close two two and a half miles. Or oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I actually work out at night. Um, typically not till eight, eight 30, something like that. Okay. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, okay. Yeah. It's a solid schedule. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of my thing too, is I think that I became a morning workout person intentionally because I do get that reset on the endorphins for the day. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, I, I, I always admire the people that are on the 5am club, but yeah. like, I know I just am that's okay. I'll, I'll pass for six, seven, whatever. Right, right. Um, like today I woke up at maybe six 30, had my cup of coffee in bed, yeah. went straight to the gym, did my four and a half miles, came home, made my girl some, some breakfast, made myself something to eat and got this office set up and ready to go. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I got a ton done already and it's, you know, right, right fairly early in the day still. I've yeah. got a whole afternoon to get the rest of the edit done and all this, all sorts of other things that are cooking, right? Sure. So it's just like finding your routine is pretty crazy yeah, when, you, yeah. when you establish it and you set yourself into it. So that's It's good awesome. to have one though. It's good to it's, have something it's necessary. that you do. Yeah. It just sets you up. It sets you up. I think it's, it kind of projects the rest of the day is if I can make these things go in the order that I want to go in, Right. Then we set up the rest of the day to where I'm going to keep that to keep that uh, habit going of just right. getting done with the things that I'm going to get done. Right. So just yeah, a morning routine is is great. Um, I chose to work out at night just because of the energy level I have in the morning. Yeah. As uh, like I said, I'm not a morning person, so right. my, I'm not. I don't even feel awake till probably ten, ten thirty. That's fair. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I work out. I work out at night where I feel a little bit more energized. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, so as far as, you know, kind of your, I, I think you're very fortunate to be doing what started as a hobby for your career now, for which sure. is awesome. Um, so now that your career is what it is, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I brew coffee yeah. and work out. Yeah. Um, I like to, on weekend, I've been taking weekends off, which actually didn't start till like later last year. I was working most Saturdays um, up until like last summer, uh, but after that, I started to started to dial back weekends. Uh, I hired I actually have two guys working for me, so I have one guy that works uh, real low hours, and then another guy that works uh, thirty hours a week for me. Uh, so once those guys came in, I was able to step back a little bit. So now I'm taking most weekends off. 
Uh, so I'd like to go. We go up into uh, Queen Valley and uh, and shoot some some firearms. And that's cool for fun. Um, stuff like that. Working out is really. I love working out. So um, that's kind of my my happy place. But honestly, my shot. What I do. My hobby and my work are the same thing. So, you know, what's fun for me and what I do are the exact same thing. That's so, awesome. um, you know, it, it's running the business. I find it's, how do I put this? It's, it's work, obviously. Sure. It's a job, but it's pretty invigorating for me. Um, I can imagine to, to, so especially kind of the, the business side of it. Right. But I, I have this cool thing now where, I have the business side of it, which can get stressful. Um, I'm making some, you know, marketing decisions, stuff like that. But then I'm going right back to doing the craft, right? Which is a totally zoned out focus. I mean, it's just me. Sti- when I'm stitching, I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing. Right. I'm just in kind of in a state of zen. Yeah. So I get to like transition back and forth between running a business, being a hustler, an entrepreneur, and yeah. then I'm just stitching for three hours. Yeah. Just doing nothing, thinking yeah, about nothing. Right. And so it's really cool to have like both of those in the same career. Yeah. You know, uh, to transition back and forth. But uh but yeah, so what I do for fun is also what I do. Right. You know? Um but other than that, um, you know, hang out with yeah. friends. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh you said you've got two guys that work for you. Mm-hmm. Um are they more involved on the marketing side to help you really kind of push the social accounts and stuff like that? Or are you more involved with that end as well? So technically, I guess I have three guys working for me. Two okay. are employees. The other guy is a marketing guy that does my uh, Facebook and Instagram ads. Gotcha. Um, he's, he's based out of LA. He was actually a customer of mine. He bought like five or six wallets, I think, before ever talking to me about marketing. Yeah. Uh, but he reached out, I think it was summer of... 2019 probably um and just was asking about what i did for marketing if i had ever tried facebook ads or anything and then he offered to do a month he wouldn't take anything just do a month just to show me what could be done if we started running some ads sure and that just blew me away yeah i mean we had great results that first month uh so we've been working together ever since then um so that's my that's who does my facebook ads he doesn't do my social media i still handle all that because I feel like I've built a uh, Instagram voice to where you know it's me talking. Right. So I'm really hesitant to give that up because people feel like I'm talking to them when I'm on right. Instagram. Um, so I think I'm going to hold on to that yeah. for a while at least. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll compliment, you know, the ad space that's happening and the way that you're running your social. It's pretty seamless. Okay. Like uh, your voice is consistent. Even, even your ads seem yeah, like it's, yeah. it's a very personalized. We make an touch. effort to do that. Yeah. It's, it's well done. Yeah. Appreciate as far it. as that goes. Yeah. I, I've been following you for, I mean, God, I don't know, two years on yeah. Instagram at least and just watching you. And it's funny because I'll always check the account and I'll see like, and you know how you can always kind of see like other friends that you're associated yeah, with, yeah. right. That like if they started following somebody. Yeah. And almost everybody that I know follows your account. Really? So from a craftsman, expe- uh, like a experience and the the network that you've, you know, created, yeah. I, I think the whole Arizona local, especially out of Mesa, I think Masonians in general are proud. Sure. I yeah. guess, or, or uh, I, at least, you know, I, so I went to Mendoza, Mendoza Elementary. 
Shepherd Junior High at Red Mountain High School. Okay. Right. So I've been in Mesa my entire life. Yeah. Right. And specifically the Alta Mesa area. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I mean, I feel like the people that I went to school with, yes, you've got a couple that kind of went their own direction and traveled and and now they're in different parts of the country or whatever, but there's a good probably 50% of people I went to school with that are that still here. Are still in Mesa. Got you. And they yeah. are ride or die for it for That's life. actually why I chose the the brand name. So when I started my Etsy shop, I was called Gruffwood Studios. Okay. And what is the meaning of that name? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I just <laughs> came up with it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it sounded cool. So, yeah, that, that, right. but it had no meaning. It was, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, that was the name I came up with. When we moved here, we moved here in 2016. From Ohio? From Ohio. Yeah. Toledo, Ohio. Yep. Um, or maybe 2017. And when we got here, I really wanted to, to change my whole brand to something that reflected where I was at. Right. Um, so that's why I chose the Lost Dutchman leather name. Uh, and, it, and it has been super helpful um, to have something recognizable like that. for right. like, like when we run local ads, uh, they perform way better because people see 100%. that, they know it's a local place. And um, yeah, that's been, that's been cool. I think it's, it was a smart move. I, I, the only thing I chuckle about is your actual logo for you being such a clean shaven young dude, oh, right, your, your, right. your primary logo is a big, big old burly yeah, bearded yeah, dude, yeah. which is, which is rad though. I love it. Yeah. People whenever, so I didn't post like my face on Instagram for a pretty long time. Right. And like, whenever I would do that, people would be like, wait, what? Yeah. I thought you were the guy in the logo. I'm right. Like, nah, that's, yeah. that's the lost Dutchman. That's yeah. The Dutchman right. himself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is, that's been brought up a couple of times. That's so funny. I yeah. do think that that's probably one of my favorite touches is your stamp, I guess, that yeah. you put into the wallets. That, that, that look and that quality is really nice, dude. I, Thank you. Yeah. I'm very impressed with your products. Like uh, two of my friends actually have your wallets. I felt them. I've held them. Yeah. I've never purchased one yet, so I'm going we'll to have to hit you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta, I'm going to have to do it now. Um, but I, for a lot of times, too, I'm, I'm the minimalist EDC guy, Yeah. right? So I, I probably at most, I'm three cards and a little cash, Yeah. right? So that's that's always been my headache is finding something that actually adapts to that. Right, right. So, and, and, you know, people that I follow, it's pretty crazy. The EDC thing on YouTube on, yeah. once you get into that rabbit hole between pocket knives and wallets and right, whatever right. else, right. Little flashlights. It's funny stuff. how many little niches there are that it's you never crazy. even knew would have existed. Well, that's the thing is last night when I was looking up Lost Dutchman on YouTube, mm -hmm. the list of videos is pretty vast. Yeah, yeah. And it's dudes doing EDC. It's dudes doing wallet reviews. I didn't even know there were uh, uh, channels dedicated right. to just wallets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty fair. crazy niche. Uh, but, dude, you're in it. And yeah. you're you're striving, it seems like. Yeah, we're doing well, man. We're, I mean, I'm so blessed to be where I'm at. Um, I can't stress that enough. Like, yeah. I just, I, every morning I wake up and think, what on earth? Like, how is this possible? Right. I just, I, I don't. I can't comprehend it sometimes, but you know, you just make the best of the opportunities that are given to you. Totally. And, uh, you know, try to capitalize on that. But, uh, but yeah, I live, I live my dream, man. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. What, uh, what's next for you? What is next for me? Well, I have a new wallet launching, uh, next week. So that's, that's awesome. Immediately what's next. Yeah. Um, but in the long term, I'm going to, I'll, I'm going to stick with this business. I mean, I don't see myself parting from, 
the Lost Dutchman brand anytime in the near future. Right. Um, as far as products, like I, I've been thinking about going into something bigger, like having some bags done. Yeah. Um, maybe doing some outsourcing for that. Um, you know, there's changes like that we can make. But right now, the business model we have going on right now, I don't want to mess it up yeah, by trying perfect. to change it. I, so. I really do. It's it's impressive what you're doing right now, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, what else? Uh, where can we find you? Let's let's break down like your handles, website. Where can we find you? All right. Well, it's lostdutchmanleather.com to view all of my products and uh, whatever else is on the website. And my Instagram handle is at lostdutchmanleather. Yeah. There you go. And my I have a YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, that's... Uh, Lost Dutchman Leather, I assume. I haven't been on my yeah. YouTube channel for... <laughs> yeah, I, I checked last it last video. night, and I think you're dead accurate with... Uh, it was probably a year since you yeah. posted anything new, yeah. but you've got five or six breakdown, almost step-by-step, almost tutorial-like videos almost, as yeah. far as you know constructing the different kinds of wallets and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I found really fascinating. Yeah, if you want to take a look at kind of what Leatherwork is, um, right. th- those are good videos to watch, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to collaborate on something in that maybe man too. That'd, be, yeah. that'd be sick yeah yeah get some some sweet slow-mo there we go yeah that'd yeah. be always up my alley that'd be awesome um dude i really appreciate you coming on this is again i i'm gonna start airing these at least once a week yeah we'll we'll kind of build it out but launching a podcast for myself and and starting to talk to cool people like yourself and starting to make the relationships and just it's yeah. just gonna grow from it's here. very cool man you got a cool setup here you're very good you're very good at oh, hosting I a podcast. It. I mean, for like, how many podcasts have you done? Uh, I have one that I have participated in with my other business partner, uh, which we're actually rebranding that one because it was under. So the company for me is zendevco.com. Okay. And so Zendev, kind of more or less Zen, but the development side of a business, right? So we had the Zendev podcast. It was like a happy hour kind of vibe. Okay. So we would crack a beer, whatever, sit across and whatever. Yeah. And I kind of looked at him and from a from a branding perspective and from the way that I'm living my life as far as being a little bit cleaner, a little bit healthier, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was in craft beer for a very long time. So it was kind of like time to almost break away from gotcha. that, yeah. in my opinion. So I've been looking at him and saying, you know, it's a little off brand. Right, right. Our name is Zendev and we're cracking beers talking about, you know, the week's wins or whatever. Sure, right. Yeah. So we're, we're re- reconfiguring that, but I've been doing that one and was, I've appeared on maybe two or three other podcasts over the last two years, but building this out and getting kind of things set. Now yeah. it's just like, everybody's welcome to just come in and chat and sure. break down a conversation and yeah the kind of focus of the channel and this is kind of the way that I'm running the mini docs, but it's kind of the way that I'm just looking at everything for, for the YouTube presence and Instagram and everything for that. But it's cool people doing cool things that support good causes. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's always a little bit more of a positive edge because in my opinion, a lot of the podcasts and a lot of like different stuff that's out there can have a very negative spin. Yeah. yeah, Sure. And I'm just trying to bring like good vibes and, you know, cool people and yeah. make people aware. So if I can, you know, add a fraction of people that are like never heard of Lost Dutchman Leather. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got a couple more, you know, people that are buying wallets. That's my goal. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, dude. Nate, I really appreciate you coming yeah. on. We'll stay in touch and hopefully have you back on soon. That'd be awesome, dude. I appreciate it, dude. This, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Awesome, dude. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. You we'll bet. see you next time. All right. Yes, sir. Cheers. Cheers.
Thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Anchor and Spotify, and don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. That's Mikey's ETV. Uh, again, I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in, and I will see you in the next episode.